When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Research and development. Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need. Last week, we put liquid paper on a bee. And it died. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! Can I tell you something without you getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Welcome back in, everybody. Another edition of 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast, episode 28. Holy shit. 28 episodes. As always... The big hairy grizzly bear at Iowa. Michael, you can find me on Twitter. McNutted, the Teardown King, is in the building. And as always, my best friend for life. NWO for life. Adam's in the building at ATM 4D Chess. You can find him on Twitter. What's going on, Adam? How are we doing tonight, buddy? We're back, baby. We are back. Mike, uh, this is crazy. 28 episodes in. Um, Really glad to be back and always talking strategy, dynasty. We're going to get into a little different episode. Little, not much our forte, but something we're dipping our toes in. Something we don't like to do in dynasty, but let's talk about what we got going on, Mike. Hell, you say not our forte, man. This is foreign as fuck to us in multiple levels. So what this is, is a campus to Canton League. But on the NFL side, you have IDP, too. So a ridiculous, I think it's like start 11, start 12 Who? on offense, start 11, start 12 on defense. IDP and... You, you're talking about, you're talking about uh, TDP? <laughs> no, not uh, TDP. <laughs> no TDP. What's an, what's an IDP, Michael? Individual defensive player. Something that we're not familiar with. We're also not familiar with Campus to Canton. But... Through a few resources, one of them being the Campus to Canton side. Big shout out to Matt Bruning and CampusToCanton.com. If those gentlemen, those people that are part of that website and everything that they do, rankings, ADP, article, strategy, videos, if they were not present, holy shit, Adam. I don't think I ever would have agreed to do this, but you and I are co-managing a team. Right, because it's a little scary. <laughs> we don't know shit about IDP. We don't know shit about campus again. So maybe if we co-manage and put our heads together, we can get through this thing and hopefully not lose our ass and money. Right. So big shout well, out to those guys. I just wanted to give that out first. CampusToCanton.com, C2C, huge dope fucking thing, man. Adam, you know, you know how much we love to play Dynasty, C2C leagues, like taking it to the next level. For those of you who are unfamiliar. You draft an NFL roster. You have an NF- We had an NFL startup on Sleeper. No big deal, right? Okay. You add in the IDP. 
you don't have to. It was just an extra wrinkle that's part of this league. But we go to fan tracks, and we're drafting quote-unquote dynasty rosters on the college side. We're actually going to play a league on fan tracks with college rosters, college scoring versus other college teams in our league. And there's money at the end of it. And for you and I both, one of the hugest things is, guess what? Both of them are best ball. We don't got to set fucking lineups at them. We don't have to go through and figure out college injuries as well and set lineups. Both sides, NFL and college, hey, best ball. But the really cool thing for me is is that I get some exposure to college players, freshmen through seniors, and then when these guys graduate or go to the NFL, they come on my NFL roster. Like, I get to know them from freshman year being 18 to maybe 21, 22 getting drafted to my NFL roster. Usually that's when, like, my dynasty love starts. I'm starting four years older than baby. I got to look at recruiting rankings. So, Adam, how big of a change was this for you, this whole C2C aspect? I'm fucking stoked for it. It is exciting as hell. Yeah, this C2C league, Mike, was a big kind of wake-up call on how deep the D-Gens, the Dynasty G-Gens really go, if you want to go past the true Dynasty. Um, Mike and I are not really IDP guys. Um, mildly TDP guys, but not IDP guys. So that was the one, eh, we don't know. Then the whole C2C thing. I think the one thing about C2C, Mike, for me, that's really interesting, uh, one, you already touched on that, if it wasn't best ball on both sides, we're out. And this being best ball on both sides is really cool. But the other thing for C2C for me, Mike, when I really think about this is with C2C, the fact that there is the college side that plays is such a big difference from like the traditional Debbie league for me, because now I really care more about what is on my college side. Whereas if I'm just going to go, the you know dynasty side and just be a contender and try to be crusty for years and years and years i'll just forego that debbie side obviously you can only do it so much but you you could try to let that debbie side deplete and keep pushing in on the contending side and if you end up getting some of these younger debbie pieces that aren't going to be on your nfl team for two or three years hell trade them for right now win value but with the c2c thing Having the college side play, it brings in such a different dynamic to actually, in my opinion, make the college side something that I'm very intrigued in as far as just the con- like how we contend and don't contend on that side as well. I think the, the beauty part is, is you're going to get out of it the amount of research that you put into it. So if you're on the, the NFL side, right, you have so many things to research, you have so many things to do on the NFL side as far as like, oh, it's rookie draft season, let me research some of these rookies, let me figure out uh, how they're going to produce, how they're going to do that. Now you add it on the college side, and it's not like the college side is just free, right? You can actually win some fucking money on the college side. I think for ours... It might be like 60-40, so all the league dues that we pay, 60% of it goes to the NFL side, the winner, which I think is good, but 40% of that also goes to the college side. So 
could you imagine if you're really good at both and you double dip, you know, one year? You win your NFL side and you win your college side. Like you win 100% <laughs> the, the, the money coming out minus like the second place dudes and the, the high scores and that kind of thing built in. But it's really cool to have those kind of rosters where like, hey, I just won on the NFL side, but I also won on the college side. The other aspect of it too is on the college side like if you look at guys in the mac or the WAC or uh, you know some of these like fringe conferences some of these guys that we're going to end up with on our team may not be the greatest nfl prospects like they're probably zero so if you think for those of you newer to it bailey zappy last year was a fantastic quarterback on your college side roster your c2c roster put up a shit ton of points nfl wise now what's he worth nothing <laughs> like on your waivers like maybe a long shot shot dart if you're in like a 40 man roster or something like that you may pick up a bailey zappy but not worth a shit ton but on the college side holy hell like you an integral part to helping you win that championship so this was very very interesting on like what the strategy is going behind it uh again with it being best ball on both sides adam i think we're at a little bit of an advantage where the concepts are the same on either side, you know what I mean? Like how we want to construct our roster where we have the optimal way to do it. So I'm hoping we get an advantage, but hell, I'm excited for it. So without too much further ado, hell, let's start diving into what we actually picked on the college side and and, and how it, that went out. Let's do it. The NFL side's easy. We we've shit, we've done a billion of those. <laughs> we've done a billion of those, but the C two C side, the college side very interesting so adam we ended up with pick 107 in the startup for the college side and we traded that away (laughs) that's how we roll (laughs) fuck it it's almost like it's almost like i'm co-managing with the teardown king hell yeah we tear down man it's best ball so what do we get in return we got tyler lockett and austin eckler on the nfl side for our college 107 and a depleted like if you if you guys do Devi leagues or you're in C two C leagues, you'll understand the twenty twenty three third that we sent away is gonna be depleted of everything that's been drafted on the college side at that point that would come out in the class. So the only caveat is there's no IDP on the college side, right, Adam? So maybe right, that correct. third round carries a little bit more because on the the NFL side we'd be drafting rookie defensive players. So maybe a little bit more, but I, I would still imagine that pick's gonna be boo-boo it's it's not gonna be anything it's still it's still depleted you know yeah i mean and and i'm well i'm not gonna take too much of the thunder away because we want to talk the c2c side but uh mike and i when we get scared we don't get too scared we just basically fade you know so our idp you're gonna see we we faded the living fuck out of the idp side too Holy shit, man i don't think we took an idp pick until like 18 round 19 in the startup just because if it's something I'm not familiar with, why reach and put myself or ourselves out there to get hurt? You know what I mean? Why take a linebacker in round three or four if we're not too really sure about how they perform relative to everything else, right? Let's just be safe. Again, one of the factors as Adam, it's best ball too. So I also kind of lean towards the side of like the IDP guys. Just give me a shit ton of them and I'll figure out through best ball who's good and who's not. That. That was just going to be the point I hit on, Mike, is one, we're going to be um, depth 
in numbers, right? What what, what is the Warriors thing? Um, <laughs> strength <laughs> in numbers, numbers, strength in numbers. And then on top of it, if we're wrong, like we do know the dynasty side and the skill player side and the quarterback side. So we're going to get the values there. And if we realize, all right, maybe we leaned a little too much into fade, we're, we're not going to be in any worse position to go make deals mid-season and say, all right, we might have faded this a little too far, so yeah. we still have all this depth on the other on the the skill player offense side to go ahead and make moves that make sense for us to even it out. I have no idea if we did a good job on the IDP side or not. I've been told that we fixed it in the rookie draft by other people who do IDP a lot because uh, I ask for a lot of advice. That's what I do when I don't know. Like I'm not scared to ask for advice in areas I'm not sure about, but. Uh, I will say this. We got a lot of big names on defense that, uh, at least as a football fan, I'm, I'm relatively aware of. <laughs> that, we, we, that have, produce we, well. we may not have big points, but we got big names. <laughs> we got big names. We got big names. And, and one of the things I did when we were drafting those IDPs, Adam, is uh, what I recommend to anybody when you get into a new league. Look at last year's scoring on your sleeper, because sleeper does such a great job of it. Plug in points per game. And look at them, and you can get an idea of the tiers, like which ones become flat, which ones you could probably fade, which guys, you know, if if linebacker in this case, uh, linebacker 10 through 50 score about the same points, why the fuck would you pay up for linebacker 10 then? <laughs> you know, let me just get linebacker 50 so much later. It, it, it makes sense. And for those of you who will never do IDP or never do C2C, it's still the same kind of process for you. Like if you look at your league scoring settings and they're a little bit different. If if tight end ten and tight end twenty score almost the exact same points, just separated by like a half a point or a point or a couple points per game, why are you paying that premium for the, the tight end ten when you can just, you know, ten rounds later take the tight end twenty and move on with your life? You can invest those resources yes. into something better. So that was our approach for the IDP when when I looked at the scoring, names, you know, I, all that research went into it, and then Adam and I went back and forth, and uh, we came up with, uh, hey, the scoring is kind of flat for these guys in this league with these settings from here to here. Why the fuck are we going to take them that early? Why everybody else is? Let's just go and let's draft the the guys that we do know, <laughs> right? Let's get the the Kyle Pitts and the Noah Fants, and, and this is a two, start two tight end plus a tight end premium league. Let's get those guys. Let's get those positional advantages. Let's get Trey Lance. Let's get Javante Williams. Let's get some of these other guys that we know. So that's the way we approached it from the NFL side, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And, Mike, I mean, when I look at the dynasty mind that I have of the way we think and teardown and best ball, I really like what we've done on the NFL side, but let's get into the C2C side. Let's, let's talk in the college and the tear down, how it worked out trading out of the one Oh seven and all that. So what we know, you know, we went over that trade. We got Tyler Lockett, Austin Eckler for our one Oh seven on the college side. So we got what proven commodities of what we know. Now, Tyler Lockett, uh, I think you and I are both just higher on him on the the uh, the appeal of fuck. I hope he gets traded. <laughs> I hope he goes somewhere like Green Bay or Kansas City yeah. or wherever. Send him uh, somewhere with a quarterback. Damn it! Fucking go to go to the Chargers. Go to Los Angeles and be the third receiver for Justin Herbert. I'd be over the moon. Um, 
Josh Palmer dies. Austin Eckler, like what we're trying to do here, man. The the college 107, I don't want to reach. I don't want to make a mistake. So give me the proven production production of the NFL guy like in, in Tyler Lockett. So I thought that was a pretty easy one for us. Now the only caveat would be is the 107. We made this before the pick was on the block or on the clock, right? Uh, CJ Stroud, I think, is a guy that both you and I would have liked to have. Like if we would have known that we could have got CJ Stroud at 107 for that Austin been Eckler the, and Tyler Lockett, like oh shit, <laughs> almost want that, that would have been back. that would have been the 4D unanimous selection at the 107, undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah no question about it. I think for both of us, I wouldn't even need that. Okay, ask you. so 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 knowing that, Mike, because we do know that now. That's what I was going to get to. Who who went at 107? CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, based on the the complete package of what we traded, yeah. any remorse based on what we have now? Would you have knowing yes. it was CJ Stroud? Would you have kept that side for us? Like, where 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 are you thinking, Adam? If this was a Devi league and CJ Stroud was just going to sit on our bench and not do fuck all for us for a year, um, in a Devi, you know where where uh you know the guy just gets named as basically like a taxi squad kind of guy and doesn't do shit and we got to sit through the whole year of him getting zeros right before we can even realize him on our nfl roster i'd much rather have the austin eckler and tyler lockett package but being that this campus to canton c2c he's on the college guy and he's actually going to be scoring points for our college roster and he's actually a very good college point scorer you know you're in ohio state the Ohio State Buckeyes fan. He's gonna I was gonna I was gonna make you go there and ask I you to say you. it, but he already hit it. He he's gonna put up a shit ton of points. Like you you're not a, a Heisman Trophy candidate at the quarterback position if you're not prolific. Okay, that offense is very good. He would score points on our college roster at a prolific pace and have the possibility of winning us money on that side. So. Knowing all that and the hindsight, yes, there is a little bit of remorse for me making that deal, knowing that he was there at 107. But at the time, we made this trade, I think, before anybody was picked or maybe only like a couple people had been selected, maybe uh, Bijan and uh, Trevion Henderson. The unanimous is like 101, 101 and 102. 102. Yeah, sure. Um, so for me at, at that point, it was like, oh, I'm, I don't think he, there's no way he makes it to us here. And then he fucking did. So, so all I, I know yes, is to answer your question, I do have a little bit of remorse. But like I said, if this was a Devi league, no remorse whatsoever. In a C two C league where we could actually win like forty percent of the pot on the college side, yes, yes, we we could have built a fucking monster if we would have held on to CJ Stroud. All I know is there is the logical, strategic side, and there's the emotional side, and I know. Mike is right when he said on the logical and strategic side, like I think it's going to be better for us with the Eckler and the Lockett side. But I know when the emotions came in and he said, do I have to watch this the Ohio State University C.J. Stroud quarterback torch my Hawkeyes? You know what? It's close enough. Fuck it. We're burning this thing. He's out of here. I respect what you did, Michael, because it was a good. It was still the right trade for both of us, because I didn't think CJ Stroud would honestly make it to 107 at all. But erroneous. Now, erroneous. Now that I counts. know, now that I know that we missed out on CJ Stroud, and I have the floor to let everyone else know how I feel. I know what you did. I know what you did last summer. 
It's so harsh, man. You're so mean to me. <laughs> you know I love you, damn it. Don't you, you do that. Listen, man, uh, so we'll get on to the next round. Uh, we, we're back up at 2-6. Now, one of the people, uh, again, shout out to campuscamp.com, going through the rankings and ADP. One of the people that I've heard nothing but good things about was Quinn Ewers. And yeah. Quinn Ewers was going to be our play if we would have stayed at 107 and CJ Stroud had been taken earlier like I thought he was going to be. That's what we both thought. Well, Mike, can I say real quick what's interesting, yeah. especially on like the C2C side when I think about this as an Ohio State fan, is there was a few weeks early, Mike, when CJ Stroud was a little iffy. Yeah. And it's so the funny, like when I think Debbie, Debbie and C2C, Mike, I'm thinking, man. Like, this dude better get his shit together. They're going to put Quinn in. Yeah. We, we never and saw that it, come to fruition, though, did we? It's so funny because he, he got it together. And yeah. when he got it together, he really got it together. So much so that Quinn's like, okay, um, I'm taking the next Greyhound out of here. And uh, I'm going <laughs> out. So we we thought it was going to be Quinn Ewers. I, honestly, Mike, if I would have known that CJ Stroud could have fallen to 107, um all bullshit of my Ohio State love aside, I would have probably wanted to keep him, like you said, because it's C2C. I mean, he, he could win the Heisman this year and absolutely tear the C2C side up. For sure. I, I would say with the C.J. Stroud thing, it was about a half, right? The first half against Minnesota, it was like, oh, shit, he's playing like ass. Quinn Ewers might take this over. And then the second half started, and it was like C.J. Stroud was like, nah, bitch, this is <laughs> – this is mine. <laughs> I got my, my I got my ass chewed out at halftime. That's all I need. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, he had about a half, and it was the first game, and then they came out and torched the shit out of Minnesota. So, he had an unbelievable a, year, too, overall. So we got Quinn Ewers at 2-6 uh, on to Texas, for those of you who are unfamiliar. Uh, him throwing to Xavier Worthy, handing off to B. John Robinson, and playing in a uh, Steve Sarkeesian offense, which, you know, produced uh, one of our favorites on the NFL side, Mac Jones. Like, we're pretty excited about Mac Jones because he has a lot of tools, but uh, yeah. not a lot of tools as far as Quinn Ewers goes. I mean, he's got a big arm, a little bit of mobility to him, Mac and he's Jones got a got, golden mullet. Mac Jones has Taekwon Thornton, Mike. Come on. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But Quinn Ewers, Adam, your thoughts. Uh, you got to see him at Ohio State. Well, you read the reports about him at Ohio State. You didn't actually get to see him in games, maybe in the spring right. game or yeah. pr- practice reports, that kind of thing. What are your thoughts on us getting Quinn Ewers at the 206 as our first player I, we actually selected? Helps make up for the fact that we didn't get C.J. Stroud by a lot to me. I, I think that it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, Mike. This is one thing that not having a ton of experience on the C2C and Debbie side will be interesting because we've seen big names fall before. You you don't even you can use recency bias to remember the 22 falls, absolute falls of Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler. Now, I do think that Quinn Ewers Mike is a talent that is very different. Like I think that him going to Ohio State and leaving after when he's through at Texas is going to be something most people forget about because this is a guy that was supposed to still be in high school. Uh, he's a one of the better quarterback prospects we've seen supposedly out of high school in a long time. Yeah, He's going to be in an offense like you've mentioned with Xavier Worthy, Bijan Robinson, that should be putting up a lot of numbers. I, I think Quinn Ewers still is 
a ceiling that's very different than a lot of people that you could draft period on the C2C side. It's a, it's definitely an unfamiliar territory for us. Like, you know, you and I know our lane, but I'm willing to branch out into other things and smart people that I trust really love Quinn Ewers. Like Matt Bruning's betting growing out a mullet of his own or shaving his head into a, a mullet on Quinn Ewers. So he's got him as maybe the one one I think in his ranks in total. And, and I'm talking everybody, Bijan, Travion Henderson, Braylon Allen, Jameer Gibbs, Bryce Young, Zach Evans. Matt Bruning loves him some Quinn Ewers. And 247.com recruiting has him as one of the only three people in total ever to receive a perfect rating right. recruiting services. Uh, a 1.000, uh, a thousand. Batting a thousand, like in the MOB. Uh, him, Vince Young, and Arch Manning. And all three yeah. of them will be Texas or have gone to Texas, which... Listen, man, in at the, the second round, the mid part of the second round, fucking sign me up. Like, I'm good if other smart people are telling me to take this guy. And that's a dude that I think you and I would have considered right there at the 107 if C.J. Stroud was gone. Now, if Stroud no, yeah. was there, fucking we're taking Stroud. Like, let's not bullshit. Sure. But, but, but Mike, I, I think, I think though, that you're right. We're, we're taking Stroud. It's not close. But yeah. Quinn Ewers would have been a consolation prize for us had we kept it and this is my thing with Quinn Ewers what's interesting because we haven't actually seen him on a college football field but at the same time it feels like he's like getting a knock for that when in reality he should have been playing in high school last year and he took the money to go yeah, yeah. play at Ohio State and it's a, it's a great point it, what's interesting is like I feel like it could be so different it's funny how for young players like this the needle can change largely so much. Like, had C.J. Stroud struggled a, a little bit more, not saying he wasn't capable, just saying that things not gone his way for a few more games, maybe even one or two more games. Like, we could have seen Quinn Ewers take over the starting quarterback spot at some point for Ohio State last year, and him going into this season as Ohio State's quarterback and, like, this is the guy, this is the chosen one, it took him a while because he was so young. He was supposed to be in high school, but now he's the, the chosen. Now it's like, I'm not saying that people are way down on him, but it seems like there's this, a little bit of, not the same hype that he once would have had because he had to transfer out of Ohio State and go to Texas where it's like, why? Like, okay, CJ Stroud is really good. He's going to be an unbelievable player probably in the next level. And we're talking about him in the top three, four picks in Dynasty. He went to a place where he can play. Like, why are yeah. we? If there if there's any pause on Quinn Ewers, I think that needs to be nipped in the bud immediately. Let me say this too: like, I I put my trust into other smart people when I make these decisions in areas that I'm not familiar with until I get comfortable with it. And uh, Adam, you and I, we took Quinn Ewers here. The guy who went right after him, my darling Jordan Backus is darling. Like, I think I've come out on Twitter and been like, this is 24 101 in Dynasty rookie picks. Oh, no. Braylon Allen. Now, this I is love him two, too, though. This is a two part thing. Like, I went off of C2C rankings and I went off what other smart people said. And I also was trying to get greedy uh, when I pushed the button on Quinn Ewers because ADP said that there's a good possibility Braylon Allen might come back to us. <laughs> so we got fucked there because he goes the right next pick. But I would have loved Braylon Allen too. If we could have started Braylon Allen 
our uh, Quinn Ewers and Braylon Allen with our first two picks at 2-6 and 3-7. Oh, my God. Well, That is Leonardo DiCaprio bite knuckles right there. Just Well, well, well part of getting greedy, too, is at 107, we're thinking we're going to get Quinn Ewers if we keep the pick. <laughs> yeah, and, then and then it, and then it right turns out at 2-0-6, it's Quinn Ewers. Oh, well, what? Yeah, next pick we'll get exactly who we want to. Why not? You know, <laughs> that's not? not always how it works out. But um, I, I think either way it would have been fine. I, I think I do prefer Quinn Ewers to Braylon Allen slightly. But listen, I, I can't lie. The upside of Braylon Allen is uh, what do you call it? The, the, the kiss, man. Yeah, that's chef's kiss, baby. Chef's kiss, buddy. That if he hits, man. Oh, he is a tantalizing running back. I love his game. All right, so with the three six, uh, we dive into the Georgia running back pool. <laughs> we love uh, Nick Chubb. We love DeAndre Swift. Right? They've produced. Something. I told you. I told you this is the one I wanted when you asked. So I'm glad we we went with this. And we got the uh, the Twitter pictures to confirm that this guy is an absolute fucking unit. Branson Robinson, right? Yeah. Three six. Yes, sir. Oh, now I understand too on the. With him being at Georgia and being an incoming freshman too, like we we have seen it in the past where they run a committee and maybe they don't give somebody the full workload and they like to divvy it up. So I don't know how much we can expect out of him like on our roster this year, but let me just say from everything I've seen from Branson Robinson, one of the, I mean, we're talking, we're in the third round here, Adam. Like my college knowledge is starting to eviscerate fast. <laughs> extremely fast but Branson Robinson was one of those ones I knew highly ranked asked for advice everybody came back and said Branson Robinson you yourself love Branson Robinson easy selection for us so B-Rob the real B-Rob I will not refer to Brian Robinson as B-Rob anymore it's Branson Robinson so <laughs> let's go there, here there's there's the uh there's the bench warmer B-Rob in the NFL and there is the real Will the real B-Rob please stand up? Oh, I love that. There's the show title. <laughs> There's the fucking show title. So, Branson Robinson at 3-6. Gives us our first running back. Uh, us being running back horse. A little late, right? <laughs> but let's keep in we mind, we did, we, we did trade we our first had, pick for a running back just on the NFL side. <laughs> we could have had Braylon Allen and, uh, and B-Rob. So oh, it, my gosh. Now, uh, Mike, here's the crazy thing, though. I think the the reason Braylon Allen over B-Rob here um, is the floor because we've seen really talented high school kids not necessarily pan out in college. Like, it happens. So, yeah, there's the floor issue, I guess I would say. But, Mike, I mean, if, if this kid comes out and balls this year, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's not clamoring for him like a maybe not quite a Trevion Henderson, but why not though? Like if he absolutely tears it up this year, why couldn't he be discussed towards the first round picks in Debbie next year in C two C? You know what I mean? So yeah. while the floor may be lower, I think the ceiling for a guy like Branson Robinson, Mike, is hard to really quantify. Man, he looks like an absolute fucking tank too. I would I'm, have needed to tackle this some bitch in high school. I know that much. I would have just laid down, and made a business decision. Bro, this, <laughs> this is the uh, this is the Eric Vanek um, eggplant with the vein emoji <laughs> gif. Oh you know what I mean? This is it right here. All right. So a little bit of a deviation for us then at the four seven, right? We take Luther Burton 
wide receiver, Missouri. Now, for those of you who may not be as tapped into the college side, Luther Burden was the number one wide receiver recruit for 2022 coming up. Um, just to give you a little bit of comparisons, like I don't know how, how accurate these are, but 24-7 uh, projects him to be a future NFL first-round pick, and his comparison is Amari Cooper. Not too bad. Not too bad. And one thing we know about Missouri, uh, Luther Burden will get a lot of volume because it's more of an up-tempo offense. It's more of a pass-heavy offense that it has been for a while. And really, he's about the only fucking thing there. Like, if you remember last year, it was like Tyler Beatty, and that was about it. But now, Luther Burden steps in. Huge role, up-tempo offense, pass, first-round projection by 24-7 sports, number one recruit in the class at the wide receiver position, playing in the SEC. I usually don't like to take wide receivers this early, but... Judging by ranks and ADP, Adam, I thought this was too good of a value for us to pass up the the potential for a guy to be like a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. I know that's that's reaching, but even like a Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith type in the future, value-wise, seemed too good for me to say no to. So what did you feel about Luther Burton here in the fourth round? Yeah, yeah I think, Mike, too. Um, listen, it'll be interesting, right? One person I think about when when I talk on the college side that was like this, that things didn't pan out well for on the college side, but was still so talented he made up for it on the NFL side is Stephon Diggs. Um, oh yeah, he went to he went stayed at home Maryland right and I mean Mike he was not very good relative to stats, but you will look at it as an eye and say like oh this guy passes the eye test for his yards in a game and yards in a season and stuff. But that offense was just horrible when he was there and he fell all the way to the fifth round, but the talent ultimately prevailed for him in the NFL side. Now I'll admit that's the rare case, right? Because there's also DPJ who uh, ended up going to Michigan and had attitude issues and similarly went in the sixth round and we've been waiting for it to happen on the NFL side and maybe it's not going to for him. But that's also like, I'm talking about when I say this, a guy that's the number one recruit in college doesn't do well in college i'm using those examples to say like this is the worst case scenario probably right something yeah. like this you know whereas mike the, here, here's the reality with the wide receiver love in the community right and jamar chase and justin jefferson coming in as wide receiver one and two in dynasty in their rookie seasons like what what if this guy goes especially goes to missouri where there's i don't know to my knowledge, I'm, I'm not the savant on the college side, but to my knowledge, no one that's really in his way for targets and going to keep him off the field. What if this guy has the 18-year breakout age and he has all these things hit for him? Like, Mike, we're, we're looking at a big upswing as far as potential on the upside for him. So based on what we've done to this point, like – Sign me the fuck up outside of you trading away my CJ Stroud chair. <laughs> so one of the things, too, that's also a big seller for me, Ray. Ray. Ray GQ, man. But what is this podcast under, right? Destination Devi. The GOAT. Devi. He knows. He knows all the young bucks, man. He, he knows, right? So I use some C2C stuff, but I also use a shit ton of Ray stuff, right? Of course. Oh, I'm here. Of course. I work for him. You and I work for him. We'd be fucking stupid if we didn't use his ranks. 
You know, you know, he has him over guys like I actually know, right? Quentin Johnson, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. He had him over Branson Robinson and Kate Clement, like some of these other guys that we're going to take. Guys wow, like okay. uh, Josh Downs, Jaheim Bell. Like these are names we know and like Adam. He's got, he's got, he has Luther Burden 2025 as a blue chip prospect, right? Over those dudes. Mike, so if, Mike, if Ray is like, you need to pay attention to this dude in the fourth fucking round, even though you and I is like antithetical to what we like to do to take wide receivers, I'm not stupid, man. I'm going to take the value where it is. No. And if, if you're telling me I'm getting the number one wide receiver that everybody seems to like in a high-powered, up-tempo SEC offense right. with little to no target competition, bro, sign me the fuck up for losing burden. Well, well, and this is the thing, too, knowing your league and knowing how these things can happen. So, Mike, I think I think the Branson Robinson conversation we just had is very similar to right here with Luther Burden. And Mike, I think the reality is when you think about how things are swinging for youth and wide receivers, I'm going to, you know, whatever. We've been drinking this our third show like th- there's a cream value. There is a yeah. cream value yes, to L- a Luther Burden that hits has a cream value that just Mike, I mean, if this guy has an unbelievable season next year, I, I don't know. Like, realistically, where do you pencil him in in Debbie? Because I, I would think that you could maybe talk about him pushing the first round. Like, uh, so uh, a good example, uh, Xavier Worthy had a decent season for Texas last year. Um, I, I don't know if you would consider it, like, fantastic or whatever, how much you actually look into college football, Adam. I watch a lot. I, I know he had a good. I don't know that I would call it like a. I'm sure he hit the breakout age threshold and stuff, but I don't know that I would call that like a. Um, getting people really rock hard about it. Like he had a good season, though. I don't want to knock yeah, on him it, at all. It wasn't. It wasn't bad, right? But he. It wasn't I mean, prolific. How about that? He almost hit a thousand yards. Almost like two yards mm-hmm. short. Sixty catches, sixty-three catches, almost a thousand yards, double-digit touchdowns. Right. So. I mean, not. I think he had a really good season. I don't think he had like a elite season like, historically. Like it wasn't a Jackson Smith and Jigba type season, correct? Though, where he's Thank going you. for yes. sixteen hundred fucking yards. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like, like it wasn't a Keishawn Butte type season. Okay, no, but it that's was what good. I. That's what I mean. Correct. Xavier Henderson went off, or Xavier Worthy, Jesus, Xavier Worthy went off the board as the fourth wide receiver in this draft. Now, probably which was what spot? Uh, late second round, two ten. Okay, probably should okay. have been, should have been wide receiver three in most rankings, most people's assessments should have been wide now, receiver three. For everyone listening, if he was wide receiver three, where was where was wide receiver three in this two, draft? One. Two one, so, which so, was so, uh, your, one of your boys at Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. And who, who so only but he shouldn't have went ahead of he shouldn't have went ahead of Xavier Worthy. Correct for me. So. I mean that that's my point. Like if you swap those two, like in Harrison one as wide receiver four, and you're you're, you're taking them on potential. I understand, hundred percent. Um, I just think that Xavier Worthy, more than likely at you know nine hundred yards, should have been wide receiver three in in campus to Canton in this draft. And you're looking at the two one Adam, like damn near well, a first round fucking pick in a twelve team league. That that's my point, Mike. Is if 
we're getting a dude in the fourth round who like right. next year could carry that same type of value. And I'm not well, even, he doesn't need to have 1600 yards at him. He just needs to come close to a thousand and, and give me 12 touchdowns. Well, Mike, I mean, if I, if we're, if we're talking real realistic outcomes in the sec where Missouri, I don't know what their win, their win loss over under is Mike, but I don't think they're projected to be, a stout team in the no, SEC. Jesus Christ, this is a great point, man. If we think because about the NFL, this is this this is what I'm. This is exactly my point, Mike. Because here it is, the right? Fucking football. They are going to trail. I think a lot of times in the SEC. And guess who could be the best? Like, I don't think it's even crazy to say he could get, get 1,100, 1,200 yards and say that's like a solid season for him. And I think if he does that, Mike. Oh my God! I think he's I, pushing. I think he's pushing to be a first round Devi pick. Now, I'll admit that the floor, I don't know what that is. Like, because I don't do the Debbie side. I don't know what the floor is if he has a piss poor season or a mediocre season. Like, I don't know what that becomes. But I do think that the upside for the number one overall receiver in this class and an offense that's in the SEC and is going to trail and probably throw a lot, I think it's much higher than the 407. So, I mean, you and I love to play, like, the value game. So this is a good one here where we can try to look at and project from the college side. If if we just assume that a 2-1 instead of Marvin Harrison Jr. It was going to be Xavier Worthy, because Marvin Harrison Jr. just kind of seems like an outlier at this point, so I don't want to use him because, I mean, it's all just Twitter hype at this point. Like, sure. I understand he's fucking phenomenal and he looks great, but, again... We haven't actually seen the production, so if we assume don't don't don't, uh, don't underestimate the name value too. That too, but if we just assume like Xavier Worthy at the two one, I mean Xavier Worthy went before dudes like uh, Tank Bigsby, uh, Quinn Ewers, who we took, Braylon Allen, Michael Mayer, Brock Bowers, Will Shipley, or Donovan Ed- Edwards. So if we're talking about taking a wide receiver in the fourth, Adam, maybe we don't see the dividends this year. Or maybe he's just a decent enough producer for us for the college side. But I'm looking forward to next year. Like if if he starts to build some of that hype, like what the fuck could we trade him for that you and I would absolutely be over the moon with? Like, oh, you're gonna give me this top running back prospect for my uh, Luther Burden? Woo! Hallelujah! Sign me the fuck up. I'm in. Or or Mike, a, a top quarterback or whatever it may be. So trade value Mike, going forward. And let's talk the side we know and correlate that into the the Debbie side, C2C side, right? We know that there is a very high value premium being placed on these tantalizing receivers that are young. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, obviously, but there's plenty of others, C.D. Lamb, who hasn't even popped yet in the NFL, really, like stat-wise. Now, I know we've seen him have great games and have seen the upside from him, but like we haven't seen the statistical season that says he's the wide receiver three, right? And and my point here, Mike, is this. In this 22 class, which basically has Brees Hall and receivers in the eyes of most people, right? What if it's Garrett Wilson or if it's Traylon Burks after all the slander he's getting right now or it's Drake London, who a lot of people are projecting now as the wide receiver one. What if they don't even have the Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson season because they broke records? But what if one of those guys is a now top five, eight dynasty wide receiver, right? And 
Luther Burden has a great first season. Now we're talking about people even more so chasing this allure, the elusive wide receiver that's just different than the rest. And that, I think, bumps his value even up more so. Huge, man. Huge to project it out. And we're getting him from fucking day one, age eight. I think he's probably 18, maybe 19. Maybe he's a year older. But he's a true freshman anyways. Correct. Class of 2025 at best, if he comes out at that point. But we're getting him from day one, and I like it. I like it in the fourth round. So in the fifth round, 5-6, took Cade Klubnik, quarterback from Clemson. Um, I'll try to be quick about these so we can kind of rapid-fire some of these. But there are a lot of smart people out there in this space who say that Cade Klubnik could push DJU. Uh, major disappointment from last year for a lot of people in the space for starting quarterback for Clemson. Like, I'm Jesus, man. Remember how highly regarded DJU was? And now we're talking about a true freshman coming you, in. You're, you're making me worry. Starting fucking job. You're making me worry about our Quinn Ewers, Mike. <laughs> Just a little bit. Not, 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 not kidding. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that. that's the crazy thing. I think that's. What makes it the wild, wild west and the Debbie and Canton C two C side, right? Is like, yeah. You think you have this stud first, second round pick, and in a year, this DJU who, I mean, DJU Mike a year ago was being talked about as potentially the one hundred and one over Bijan Robinson, Mike. Oh my gosh! Like I'm, I'm, that's not that's not slander. That's that's what was happening a year ago. Yes. In, or at least in the conversation of top three picks. And we're talking about a guy that's not even being discussed when you talk about 23 anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that that can happen. So, anyway, go ahead with uh, Cape Club, Nick, and pushing DJU. So, yeah. I mean, that was one of the big reasons for it. And this is a, you know, super flex, best ball. Adam and I love to uh, to get quarterbacks. And he was the next on the list. So, if smart people are out there saying Cade Klubnik might be pushing DJU for the starting job as soon as this fucking year, I'm interested, especially in the fifth round. So We'll uh, take him next, this year. Yeah, why not? Why not? We'll just load up. We'll start freshman. Again, just add to it with Luther Burden and Branson Robinson, right? We're pretty young. Yep, Lots true let's freshmen. Let's get so youthful. in the, the six seven, um, this one's probably the most questionable pick for us uh, just off of rankings here. But off a previous profiler, Jace McClellan out of Alabama. How did you feel about this one when you saw it? Like, do you have any real strong Jace McClellan feelings? I know he's got some uh, injury issues. Uh, kind of never really did. It's, you know, Brian Robinson playing before him last year. Um, how you feeling about Jace McClellan at all? You in? You out? I thought of the six seven like. Alabama running back at this point, like if he fits in the rankings, let me let me go ahead and grab him. <laughs> let, me, let me see. Yeah, if I mean, can get a little B Rob hype going in Jace McClellan. I, I think I see that as the reason to take him here. Um, you know, this is a 2020 guy who was hyped, right? I think top yep. five or six yep. running back in that class. I think there's a chance where it's like, okay, he was at Alabama. And they're just so good that that's why if it comes to fruition this season or something. But, man, I, this is one of those where it's like I think there is a little bit of upside if things break right for him this year. 
but this is also where I think in this range where it's what we're doing. I mean, as you f- go further down, it's like, Mike, I mean, geez, I mean, this isn't just him, but like if Jace McClellan is just this 20, if we're talking about Jace McClellan next year as uh, he was the number six running back on 24 seven sports, what that means is he never hit. And that was what he is, is this projection and his college rank. And um, I don't know how low that floor goes for value. Let's just say like uh, the guy who went right after him and maybe the guy who went at 612 might have been the only two players which I think me personally would have considered instead of. Um, so I get that. Like Eric Gilbert, this is a heavy tight end premium, went right yep. after. I think I could maybe. see that for sure. I could see that for sure. Okay. And then uh, Devin Brown. and Not going to play this year at Ohio State, right? Because no. Of, Dude, well, that's the thing more, about more of a More of a project. Right, but I was also trying to get some like production on the team for this year, and I thought Jace McClellan being at Alabama, more than likely having the starting gig was probably a safe one. But Eric Brown or Devin Brown, <laughs> or Eric Gilbert or Devin Brown were, were the two choices for me. So, yeah, I think Eric Gilbert, um, you can make a strong case for. I, I think the one thing, especially versus Devi and C two C, to consider is the last point you made, where production. What if now see I don't know realistically like where the correct spot to start targeting the C2C production versus like you know the NFL upside's not there. Yeah. But they help you in the C2C, right? Like you yeah. alluded to. Some there's gonna be people like that. But man, Mike, when I think about it, like the production side, I think if he pops this year can help you win that side. And like you said, that's forty percent pop, but I guess when I think about the NFL side, Mike, here's my thing. Like, if it kind of breaks right for him, you're looking at maybe like a third round NFL guy, like a B Rob type. Mm-hmm. Uh, the not the real B Rob, the 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 Brian Robinson. Like, oh man, it's just it doesn't feel like the value gain is going to be that high from where we picked him. But I'm not. I'm not. This isn't me being critical of the pick. I think at this point, you're just, this is kind of the reality of like, maybe you shoot for upside, but the floor could be nothing. Or you take some of these guys that they don't have maybe as much growth if they pan out to the NFL side, but they do help you on the C2C win now. I get it. I get that there. Where it was like, yeah, man, I'm trying to, uh, Trying to juggle the best of both worlds, you know. What I mean? No, I mean that—that's the thing. You're, you, we're trying to figure out. We're trying to thread the needle of upside in the NFL, where we're strategically strongest, and also like we don't want to just completely fuck ourselves out of any chance on the C two C side of for winning forty sure. percent. For sure, for sure. All right. So after uh, the Jace McClellan one, I came back and we took uh, Cameron Ward quarterback washington state transfer from incarnate ward <laughs> i like this I, mike i like this pick i'm probably gonna get crucified for saying i like this pick but i i did like this pick all right fair enough and, and i i will be fully transparent i would have never known who the fuck cam ward was if it wasn't for our tuesday night amas and somebody asking us a debbie question like in just a random one too like who do you like as a 
a type of player who could break out of the quarterback position next year, like Will Levis or Cameron Ward. And I'm like, who the fuck is Cameron? Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> who the fuck is that guy? And ever since then, like, I've been enthralled with Cameron Ward. Big, like 6'3", 6'2", 220, somewhere on that side. Played at a small school, transfers to Washington State this year. And Washington State, like, you know, a little bit off the radar. Like, the last time we remember, like, Washington State in the mainstream, at least for us more casual uh, college fans. Like, not the super diehards like Ray or, or Matt Bruning and the C2C crew. But, like, we think of Mike Leach's offense. Not there. But Cameron Ward in that offense type, similar, a little bit of carryover. Oh, with that size and ability and watching some of his highlight film, I was... Balls deep on Cam Ward at this spot. Let's go. In the, uh, what are we at here? The seventh round, 7-6. Seven, Let me take yeah. an upside shot on, on Cameron Ward. Because he definitely has the physical tool, tools, the size, the mobility, the arm strength. Uh, we got to see the production last year, albeit at a small school. And I, I would say C. I mean, actually uh, on paper, because I don't think anybody's watching Incarnate Ward. Ward. Word, word, Jesus, it's hard to say word. when you're talking about Cameron Ward. Ward, word, word, Jesus word, Christ. word, 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 you know, come on. <laughs> come um, on man. We're struggling here. I gotcha. L- listen, I- I'll say this, Mike. Incarnate word, I did know because I am a degenerate when it comes to watching college basketball. Oh. And when you talk college basketball, Mike, the difference between basketball and football is in football, there's the FCS and the FBS, right? So, Incarnate Word has no chance to go to any bowl games. They're not in the same thing. But where the Southland is different in basketball, that conference is the automatic bid from that conference every single year gets an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, the big dance. So I, as a degenerate, watch a lot of ESPN Plus Southland basketball games. But I've never seen, to your point, a Incarnate Word football game. No. And I did not know really anything about this player other than just hype um i i knew hype of this player i've heard and seen articles and stuff but i i didn't even know he was from incarnate word until after we took him and it's like how how does that happen where he's at such a small school with all that upside it's kind of crazy um but yeah if you're gonna shoot a shot i think at in the seventh round here mike and i think that's where like to me i was very on with the pick when we talked about making this where it's like I think at this point I don't know what the floor for any of these guys are truthfully and at this point if I fucking miss on a floor and this pick just burns so fucking be it burn it you know but yep. if there is this rare case upside of Cameron Ward no longer at incarnate word Mike, I'll, I'll take that shot. I'll take that shot in the seventh round, damn it. I appreciate you for your enunciation. So let's move on here. I, I think the, <laughs> the most egregious pick that we made, I made, I'll take full credit for this one, at 7-7. Seven, seven, so this was part of the uh, the trade back. I forgot to mention for the 1-7. Uh, we also got the 7-7 seven, seven seven oh seven, yep. startup. Yep. Uh, I took Alton McCaskill, who was uh, highly ranked in C2C ranks, and ADP was still high. Well, uh, we'll call this made, the learning experience. I made the biggest, gravest mistake that you can probably make in a startup. 
go out, click on the fucking player's name, and uh, you know, just check and see if they tore their ACL in April, because <laughs> that's kind of a big fucking deal. So I didn't realize it until after I clicked the button on Alton McCaskill. My bad. Tore his ACL in April. Uh, in the seventh round, some people told me not to worry too much. Like you got decent enough value on him, and he'll be back. Um, yeah. Whoops. It wasn't a. My bad. It wasn't as bad as you probably felt like it was. I, I honestly, I was getting ready to give you the benefit of the doubt because, Mike, this is the one thing I've learned about watching a lot of college sports and especially basketball, where it's like weekly games. Yeah, they're not required to give out the injury information, uh, especially in depth. That like in pro sports, right? Because pro sports, it's entertainment. Everybody's. This isn't information we're going to... NCAA, now, maybe with the NIL stuff, some of that will change, but like they're, they're protecting student-athletes in their mind. They're not like divulging all this information. So I'm thinking maybe you know he, it was hard to find. Like Maybe it wasn't something that was that accessible. You know? And it was. turns out when he told me, I put his name into Google, and I just saw like the first six things like, oh, fuck. But you know what? <laughs> Mike, even still, like, all right, maybe we take someone different there, but I, if, if he comes back and recovers, I, I, I think what you said that other people that are more knowledgeable told you is probably right, where I don't know that you burn that much value, if any at all, if he comes back and is looking the part, you know, after he recovers. I think some of the guys who went, like, right after him, who I much would rather had now knowing that information, uh, Jaheim Bell. Uh, wide receiver slash tight end at South Carolina. I guess it hasn't really been confirmed what he's going to play. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Harrell, transfer from Louisville to Alabama, who, uh, Ray, I mean, if if you get into Heisman tier, I mean, we're kind of just talking about Tyler Harrell, it seems like, weekly at this point. Like, pretty exciting. Uh, My guy, Iowa Hawkeye, Sam Laporta, should be tight end number three in tight end premium leagues in C2C. Going in the eighth round, sign me the fuck up. So those would have been a few that I probably would have taken other than Alton McCaskill. But my bad. We got one fuck up. All right. So uh, then okay. we, fo- it's all right. we followed up 8-7, Triple tap quarterbacks here. We just go to town on the fucking quarterbacks. And... The last one would have been different if uh, we didn't get sniped right before I picked. So we started off with Drake May, uh, North Carolina, Sam Howe's replacement. You know my damn love for Sam Howe. Uh, Let's get the next guy in, right? (laughs) Let's get Drake May in here, right? So he'll be a sophomore this year, maybe a redshirt freshman. I don't know if he redshirted officially or not last year. It's college, so sometimes you got to do a little more digging. But was a freshman last year, so he's either a redshirt freshman this year or a sophomore. Uh, Devin Leary, prolific quarterback at NC State. So one, from the production standpoint, we're going to score a shit ton of points with Devin Leary, part of our quarterback in the best ball, like our horde that we have going here. Uh, but also getting first-round draft capital buzz for future NFL for 2023, which is interesting to me that we're going to get a guy like that at 9-6. Now, maybe that doesn't come to fruition, Adam. Right, right, Maybe he's just production on the college side and doesn't become anything on the NFL side, but at this fucking point in the ninth round, sign me the fuck up for anybody who's got first-round 2023 NFL draft capital buzz that we could add to our collection on the NFL side. So, Devin Yeah, I mean, 
Mike, the way I looked at that pick too was, I, I think the first round buzz, and if there's anything in the NFL side, I think that's kind of the cherry on top. I think in this round, like if you're telling me that he's more projected like a fifth, sixth round uh, NFL quarterback, like maybe he'll get a shot somewhere. Like in his production is still the same as we're talking about with him getting the first round buzz. I'm okay with it because it's production. But the fact that he has the outside chance of with a good season and with taking another step forward, him being a first, second round quarterback. Holy shit, man. Ninth round. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. And then to follow up the trifecta of quarterbacks to complete our QB horde, right? So we're already rocking Ewers, Klubnik, Ward, May, Leary. Uh, You you knew, if you're tapped in, uh, (laughs) Dynasty Degenerates, you knew before you pressed the button on this C2C fucking episode that we weren't going to get out of here without a McNutted quarterback horde. You knew it, and all of us knew it. Yeah. So we got one, two... Three, four, five. Let's get the sixth one up here, right, Adam? Let's go Ty Simpson let's, out of Alabama. Let's complete the set with Ty Simpson. So Ty Simpson, uh, number three quarterback recruit in his class. Okay. He'll be a uh, sophomore this year. So he's sitting behind Bryce Young. Bryce Young maybe goes on the NFL. Maybe we get one year at Alabama of Ty Simpson if he doesn't transfer. But very high recruit, playing at Alabama, and we're drafting him here in the tenth round. What, one question I had for you that I was—I yeah. didn't do a ton of digging, but I—I I couldn't find anything. Did did he actually take a redshirt, or was he? Did he count this year of eligibility? I think he counted the year as eligibility. So okay, okay, possibly. There you go. But twenty-four-seven has him as a first-round projection. Okay, maybe that comes to fruition. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know how accurate these are, but I'm just reading off what I see. Sure. Compa- compared to Matt Corral. Right. So he kind of does have the same size and build, right? 6'2, 185, a little bit on the slender side, but he gets that little bit of Alabama bump, right? He's not playing this year. We know that. He didn't play last year. He's not playing this year. Bryce fucking Young's there. Heisman Trophy, Bryce Young. Not going to happen. But Bryce Young jumps to the NFL next year. Is it the Ty Simpson show? And we're getting him in the, the 10th round, you know? Huh? Mike, I'm excited. Mike, Mike, let's talk about another Alabama quarterback with way less pedigree. Oh, yes. That everybody wrote off long before he even had a chance to shine. Yes, sir. Who we started the episode talking about. Yes, sir. One Mac Jones. Who? Got his shot. Mac Jones. I mean, <laughs> now, Mike, like you said, at this point, upside is kind of baked in cherry on top, but I mean, yeah, if any of that hits, if he takes the starting job next year, the problem with a school like Alabama, and, and this is what's crazy, is just more and more and more and more. I mean, number three recruit from two years ago <laughs> versus fucking... what if what if they get the absolute fucking stud or whatever, right? Or yeah. someone they really love that comes in. Shit, okay. what if they would have signed Arch Manning, right? Arch was, uh, Absolutely. was up for him. Like, Jesus Absolutely. Christ, like, right. what happens to Ty Simpson? <laughs> Ty Simpson dies, yeah, RIP. But, I mean, listen, if he takes the job and runs with it, who knows? Like, for sure. It, I, don't, I don't think it's out of the range of outcomes for him to be a day two, day one NFL pick if, if that happens. But, 
at the same time, I think there's also at this point, Mike, even if he just takes the job for that season after, right? Yeah. Uh, Bryce leaves and is just the production of being the quarterback at Alabama. Holy shit, man. Like, if he starts that whole season, regardless of what the NFL draft capital is on the C2C side in the 10th round, and then what if scouts drool because he's throwing the ball to guys wide open and his stat box is outrageous and his college completion percentage is unbelievable and we have a Mac Jones 2.0. Whoa, we found gold. All right, so in the 11th round, we went uh, C.J. Williams, wide receiver USC. This was a complete... Uh, Ray pick. Uh, I asked him about it. Ray, what do you feel about CJ Williams? You're a USC fan. You're more tapped into everything. And he goes, people are kind of writing him off. I think he starts out as a wide receiver three, probably elevates to the wide receiver two at USC, getting thrown to Caleb Williams for the next year, two years, and then goes to Malachi Nelson after that. So in oh, a okay. in a Lincoln Riley offense, and he's he's a high highly rated recruit. Not not to Luther Burden levels. But pretty goddamn close. So we're we're talking about that in the eleventh round. Sign me the fuck up. Uh, round twelve, we took Chris Tyree, running back out of Notre Dame, uh, replacing Kyron Williams. He had some big moments last year by himself with Kyron Williams. Kind of interested to see what he does without Kyron yeah, Williams. I remember I remember watching him a little bit last year. Yeah. Uh, Felix uh, Sharp. I hope I don't fuck that. I've been drinking, so I apologize if I fuck that name up. Felix, if you're listening to Felix Sharp from Campus of Canton. Had a sweet-ass video, I believe, about Chris Tyree being a breakout under-the-radar star for C2C. So this was heavily influenced by our our good friends at C2C. Uh, Malik Neighbors, the number two wide receiver to uh, one Kayshawn Boutte at LSU. I'm excited about him. We got him in the 13th round. Another freshman, man. We stayed really young. Relique Brown. Again, USC Trojans. <laughs> let's let's just keep stacking Lincoln Riley offensive players. Seems like a good idea. In the fifteenth round, Adam, let's go quarterback again. Why not? Fuck it. Let's add another one. Jaron Hall out of BYU, not the milf banger that Zach Wilson is. And again, on the older side, I think on draft day he will be twenty-five because he has gone on his mission. But again, another guy who's getting some. First round NFL draft capital buzz. Uh, and we're talking about getting them in the 15th round. Like at this yeah. point, I'm fucking sign me up. Like I'm cool with it. If we miss, who gives a shit? <laughs> who gives a shit? We're, we're, we're just chasing the next Cougar Hunter, you know? Uh, round 16, 17, 18, 16, 7, 17, 6, 18, 7. Triple tap freshman running backs, Adam. Go Javante Barnes out of Oklahoma. Le'Veon Moss out of Texas A&M and George Petaway out of UNC. All three of those guys, like I'm just swinging for the fences here, man. We 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 didn't hit it out of the park with our running backs. We started off with Branson Robinson, an incoming freshman. Let's continue the fucking trend, man. We can't miss on all of these freshman running backs if we just take them all. And then uh, 1916, uh, 196 is where we're at. Jesus, we still got 20 rounds to go here in this. Oscar Delp, incoming freshman at tight end for the University of Georgia. I would say Georgia has done a pretty good fucking job uh, recruiting tight ends. So Oscar Delp, highly recruited tight end, going to Georgia. Maybe we don't get the production out of him, but I'm cool with it. Let's take him and let's build for the future. 
Adam, I think for us in the C2C territory, this isn't going to come out to Friday. I don't think anybody else in this league like listens to us. I think we're kind of in the production territory now where we might start going more of like the Mac guys who probably aren't NFL prospects at all. Um, unless unless you get a Deontay Johnson. Yeah, unless you get like one of those. But I think that's kind of where we're Hunt. at. Yeah. Where Stop we're sleeping just gonna, on the Mac up here, man. My bad. Yeah, man. I know, I know, I know. You're, you know, an Iowa guy. You don't realize the <laughs> action up here. But uh, well, we beat the shit out of the Mac uh, first two games every year. I don't. <laughs> well, well, I hope. Well, for God's sakes, Mike. I hope so. Sheesh. <laughs> Act uh, like you've been there before. Okay, you're a Big I'm Ten sorry. person. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Too, um, too much. Too yeah, much I mean, you're, you're going to take. You're going to take. You're going to take production and. Let's get some if it doesn't pan out to anything, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's get some production on this roster and see if we can't fill out a nice competitor. We got a lot of youth, a lot of youth, and a lot of guys I'm excited about in uh, three, four years on our NFL roster. Like, I think we'll be pretty good. Uh, I think we did a really good job for our first one so far, and I think we just need to balance it out with production. Uh, we definitely got the QB horde going on, so I'm excited for it. Definitely. Something, if you're just listening to this, man, if you made it this far, man, man, check it out. Uh, go to campusdecanton.com, sign up, get in there, you know, find some friends, get a C2C league going. Adam, I think we're going to do a C2C league, uh, our Patreon league, patreon.com forward slash all gas. We, we keep doing all these startups. Man, you got best ball on, on the campus side and you got best ball on the sleeper NFL side. It's like the best of both worlds for us. Maybe we start getting a little bit more, and maybe we get a patron C2C league going. I'm kind of excited. Maybe we'll get something I, like that in the I'm, works. I'm not going to fight that in the slightest. Sign me up for a patron C2C league. I, this was a really fun experience. Um, yeah, if you, if you are listening to this at this point in the show, I mean, my goodness, you deserve to get your ass in the C2C league because if this is intriguing to you in the slightest uh once we got past pick 7 like you need to get into fucking C2C league Thanks. immediately so uh yeah si- sign up for one um Matt Bruning C2C obviously if you're listening to this destination Debbie um the two sources right there I'll admit the sources I look to are not that plentiful, but I have no intentions and no reasons to look anywhere else but those two because everything Mike and I wanted to know was answered in things that we signed up for either as patrons or access to the man with the answers on both sides of those. So um, go ahead and check out Campus to Canton, Matt Bruning, our boy. And also, please, uh, if you're tuned into this, you should already know to check into the boss, the man that pays for the lights. Keep coming on here. Ray Garvin, Destination Devi, uh, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Uh, we appreciate you coming in for another episode. This one is a little different for us, but Mike, I think when we run through this again, and I'm looking here at Sleeper on you know, the Apple, uh, on the desktop, I can see even the best ball lineups because of the app. Uh, it's looking pretty sexy, man. I'm pretty excited about what we got going on. Dude, it is, it is so amazing that we're here. And yes, you're, you're 100% right. This is a little bit different than what we've done. Um, but I really think it's something where 
you can take the basic tools, the basic knowledge, the things that we're imparting on you, the things that you've learned from other people, uh, the other people that we keep recommending, Matt Bruning, Campus DeCanton, Felix Sharp, uh, Ray, Ray Garvin, Destination Devi. If you take some of their analysis and some of what they're doing and you kind of just mold it all into one, I got no qualms if you jump in with a bunch of 11 other randoms that you're going to have success. And Adam and I know best ball. So we'll apply some of those principles to this. We don't know everything, but hey, man, we we got plenty of resources out there to go and like, hey, uh, Cade Klubnik, is he good or not? Hey, I got I got this nice video on Cade Klubnik. I got this nice article on Cade, Cade Klubnik. I got these ranking sets. I got this ADP set. I can combine everything. So big thing, if you love Dynasty... If you're a fucking degenerate, which you probably are, you're listening to a podcast on, you know, in the middle of July, the football season isn't here. You can take that degenerate ability to the next level, or you can start being a degenerate when these kids are 18, just joining college as freshmen. And if you you can follow, you can build a successful team on the campus side, a C2C league. Imagine the payoff that's going to come when your rookie draft comes in your other dynasty leagues and you've been following these kids for three or four years and you know everything there is to know about them, huge, massively huge, the advantage that you can get. So something just to check out. I'm not saying every league that you do has got to be a C2C league and and not every league that Adam and I are going to do going forward is going to be a C2C league, but definitely something that's interesting has piqued our interest. So we wanted to make sure that we bring it, highlight it, and make it aware of the people that helped us get through it with confidence where we weren't shitting our pants, you know, and crying in a corner every time that our pick came up. No, we can make these picks with confidence, even if I take a guy who tore his ACL in April. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, the big thing Mike kind of hit on early there is the same best ball principles, which we've been talking to you about the last couple episodes, the best ball principles we've been talking about even sporadically since we started here. You can apply those if you're in a C2C best ball league on both sides, like we are here and understanding the dynamics just on that gives you an edge before you even get into the prospects and the collegiate players and, you know, uh, the, the pedigree coming out of high school and ultimately what people with more of an inside track, like Matt Bronin and Ray Garvin have, which you add that to the repertoire of all of the other things I've mentioned before. I think you'd be surprised what you can end up doing on both sides in the C2C league. So with all that being said, go check them out. Uh, if you're interested in more of what Mike and I do, whether it's C2C, uh, personally, I'll just be honest with you. If it's C2C, I wouldn't recommend our patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. We're not the people to come to for that. But if it's Dynasty and the primary 4D stuff, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. We have a great community going on over there, man. Uh, It's amazing to me how much the patrons at this point drive stuff where I'll be at work all day and I come in and I'm looking at over 50 to 100 messages. And I go to answer stuff and I hit reply and then I hit x because they've said what i was gonna say and it it drives itself over there so uh if you're interested in more of that check it out and just remember when your c2c league mates are playing chess play 40 chess
I'm losing it over here. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. <laughs>